Hey, everybody. You are enjoying so many sequels today. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Andrew, that little sing song. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. Hey, Josh, I don't know if you're aware, but we're accidentally matching. Whoa. Yeah, you guys are. Look at that. Hey, yours is green. Mine is green. All about the lighting. It's all about the lighting. Welcome to my world, Andrew. Welcome to my <laughs> world. And I'm not wearing a red undershirt, so <laughs> the podcast listeners are confused. Well, yeah. hey, I got a compliment from uh, one of the video listeners because you can listen to, you can watch this on YouTube as well about my letterbox tat. So I'm going to check it out. Um, Ooh, I nice. can't remember how I got it. I think if you go uh, to letterbox.com, the desktop version, there's a, a merch section. They've got, yeah. a, they've got two shirts and a hat. Yeah, I, I keep meaning to buy one myself. Um, it's a good hat. I like it too. Well, and every now and then they have a shirt on sale that says it has the Letterbox logo and it says "Be Kind Rewind," and I want that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Letterbox, not a sponsor of this show, but should be. Very much so. <laughs> where, we, are, uh, we are a sponsor of them. Where, where, where do you see the merchandise at? I'm not sure. I can't remember. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. I'll send you guys the link. Are you online okay. shopping right now? We're doing a show. <laughs> We're doing a friggin' show here. Well, I would just like to say, you know, hey, hey, you never know. Maybe they'll send us free hats for mentioning them so much. Oh, if only. If only. <laughs> All right. Hey, we could still help. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the things going on in the world uh, lately. One of the big ones is uh, we just wrapped up the Oscars, a very late Oscars. Yes. The Oscars that some... We are surprised even happened. Um, we won't, you know, relitigate it too much because if you're a follower of us on Instagram, which you should be, uh, at So Many Sequels Pod, we did a live, an Instagram live um, after the Oscars where we talked about the show and what we thought of it and all that. So, kind of. Somebody was yes. left out. Well, somebody's phone didn't want them out. That's true. I don't know why. It was weird. But the other, the rest of us talked about it, and you should go follow us on Instagram. Add mm-hmm. so many sequels pod and watch that mm-hmm. um, for all our thoughts on the Oscar. Yeah. But tag us in any of your Oscar conversations. We'd love to yeah, join. For sure. And let us know what you thought in the comments. Um, however, if you're like most people, you probably didn't watch the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Which is what I'm going to talk about next. Oh, uh, I want to drop off. Huge, 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 huge ratings drop off for this year's Oscars. Um, you know, most live events, um, especially award shows, have seen a huge decline in ratings this year and over the past year, um, mostly attributed to the pandemic for mm-hmm. various reasons people are still trying to figure out. But um, the Oscars this year fell below 10 million viewers for the first time ever. Wow. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, mean, I was trying I mean, to see if there was a... In I terms... Know. In terms to, of yeah, you percentages, it's like a 58% drop in viewership. Um, huge. Um, I don't have all the, uh, I don't have the exact data pulled up here, but yeah, it was um, embarrassingly no, low number. Um, and we've seen that in a lot of different categories. I mean, even like live, even like live sports is not the juggernaut it used to be. It's still one of the biggest things these days, but um, you know, whether it's the pandemic or whether it's just a continuing trend for, um, television in general, cable television or network television, either way. Um, yeah, it's uh, sad to see 
um, few people, so few people tune in, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how the actual pre I didn't watch the actual presentation myself, except for the last 15 minutes. Well, I think people are, are just, A, I don't think anybody watched movies, really. I mean, nobody really probably had seen the majority of these films. Um, you know, we're, we're a different breed of people who see as many as we can. And most people don't. And then during the pandemic, I'm sure people have other things that they have learned to fill their time with and they're not interested in watching it. Plus, I'm going to throw this out there. I just had this thought now is I think the Oscars is a fault of, you know, what do you want from us type situation? You don't want hosts. You don't want hokey gimmicks that are corny and cheesy. But then when you take all that stuff out, everybody calls it boring and uninteresting. So, like, I feel like there's just a lack of interest well, overall in this type of yeah. award show, the Grammys, you have these live performances and you can incorporate more live things like that into the Oscars. And I think they should, mm -hmm. but really it becomes a point of like, how can you entertain us when you don't want us to be silly and over the top, like we used yeah. to be with Billy Crystal and, and don't want to fill it with anything else other than just information. And, and a party to that is that the Oscars reputation over the last 10 years has been waning. Um, whether that's mm -hmm. the Oscar so white or, <coughs> Uh, the recent, uh, you, know, you know, even when they had a few not long ago when they had host Chris Rock doing kind of like off color jokes about Asian Americans, uh, you know, it, it's kind of the Oscars have been trying to change, but way too slowly for the people who want to who want to appreciate that, I, I guess. Um, so, yeah, like you, you're not like the I would say the millennial and Gen Z generation is way less interested in the Oscars than the previous generations to begin with. Then you add on a pandemic where not as many people went to the movies. So yeah, I think there's a lot of factors and just general trending away from television as a whole. Like there's a lot of factors that go into it, but 60%, that's even bigger than I think people could have predicted. Yeah, it's big. Um, it was still the most watched of the award shows over the past year, which it, it always is. The Oscars is the biggest award show mm -hmm. um, of, the, of the major ones. Um, I just saw it. It got 9.8 million viewers compared to the Grammys, 8 million viewers. Um, wow. Dropped off from 23 million last year. So it is very weird. And I think it's going to take a lot of like studying and research and polling to figure out what exactly happened because, you know, I feel like there's a, there's like a rebuttal to every um, explanation you can come up with, you know, well, there wasn't many movies coming out okay, well, the movies that get nominated for Oscars, y'all don't really watch anyway. So it's not like Black Widow was going to be up there at Best Picture. So what are you really missing? Mm -hmm. um, you weren't watching it anyway. Well, and then it's like, well, we want to watch streaming movies at home. Okay, well, do you though? Because I don't really know that you're doing that either because you haven't seen these movies that have been available for streaming at home. So it's a lot of weirdness to figure out what exactly the issue is. You know what would be interesting? Make it a, you have all these movie stars and you have all these people involved. Make the Oscars a two hour movie. Put it on TV, treat it like a movie and throughout somehow, I don't know, somebody more creative than me, throughout the show, you give out the Oscars as part of the movie. That's, I mean, if you're going to take a lead from what the Grammys is or trying to be is a big concert. And even though most people don't necessarily watch that, you find a way to make it a movie yeah. rather than like a formal, big, glamorous ball, because I don't think that type of thing is interesting 
enough to get, especially people our age and younger, as much as I like the Oscars, I don't really care about the thing itself. I like to watch it and, and hear the speeches and things, but yeah. like, I can also do that tomorrow. Um, and, and, and uh, it, I don't have to watch it. As know, a stats nerd, it's the stat aspect of it for me. I want to know, you know, who's, who's taking home those awards. How many awards does this make for this? How many that for that? You know, that kind of stuff interests me. It's not necessarily the, the, the elegance and the extravagance of it. That's never really been the appeal for me. No. I say you go opposite. Stop trying to be the big show broadcasting. I mean, if you're waning anyway. If it ever drops below like 3 million, start narrow casting. Forget broadcasting. You put it on, you put, in, you put on a small show, right? You make it available on every platform you can. Like you put it on Twitch, you put it on YouTube, you put it on every social media app there is. The people who want to watch will watch in that scenario. You make it a viral thing because, or, you know, because the people who really care will be making gifts. They'll be out there. I mean, look at the battle of the Joshes that happened a little while ago. That was something that nobody planned and it dominated the conversation for like at least two days. The Oscars could do that if they weren't so concerned with, well, we got to, you know, have a big, big primetime time slot and we got to, we got to have, you know, advertising and sponsorships and we got to you know make sure all this stuff is, you know, the height of elegance, like forget the height of elegance, you know, people who are interested in this stuff, I don't know. I think I, you're right. I think there's a few yeah. different ways you could uh, fix it in the long run. It, I, I, I agree because it needs to be on more platforms. Yeah. Like, look, this is a message to, uh, to Hollywood. Y'all got to get off TV. Yeah. Who cares about TV. Y'all got to quit no. TV. It's done. And I think that goes for everything that you can imagine. Like how many, you look at uh, the younger generation and they're so, into watching YouTube. And, and that is a thing where they can easily put their platform on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, ABC can live stream on YouTube. I don't know if they did, if they should, um, you can work with YouTubers, you can work with Twitchers and, and they have the ability to bring in those people, but yes, they don't. The problem is that the networks and everything else, they haven't figured out how to monetize that in a way that is, making more money than still doing it on TV. That's their own damn fault, but they need to get more people in there who can think this is what we need to do. And this is how we're going to make it lucrative. Yeah. I mean, it has to happen at some point because there are literally singular individuals making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year, uh, just twitching by themselves, monetizing Mm -hmm. on their own. ABC owns the broadcast rights to the Oscars, meaning the Walt Disney Company. So I I feel like they would have gotten more than 9.8 million viewers if they just said, forget ABC and live streamed it on Hulu and Disney Plus at the same time. Absolutely. Should have. Yeah. Without question. Well, here's something else, too. You know, it's... Who has antennas? Who has people? if If going to see an award show about people being in movies and people working on movies, why not show it in a theater? You know, why not put, that would be, I mean, yeah, we like, like, like we, okay. We see it in circle. We see it at circle cinema and we have now for like the, what last, what, like three or four years. I want to say, give or two take. Or three. Sure. Two or three, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a, like going to these, Going to the going to a movie theater to watch an award show about movies is a very rewarding experience because it's like 
because you're in, you're like you're in the place where you kind of lose your imagine or where you kind of your imagination kind of runs free. Mm-hmm. So why not just kind of be in there? It's it's almost like you're part of the show itself. So that's what I would say is, yeah. you know, yeah, have it, have it. Yeah, you know. Make a deal with Cinemark or AMC or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like Fathom Events. Make it a Fathom event. You got to learn to it adapt. Would help, it would help those theaters out. I guarantee it. Probably. Yeah. Learn to adapt. I, I, I think, um, Josh, you also sent us an interesting article um that's kind of a kind of i don't know how to feel about it um there's a little bit of like the theater exhibition industries kind of uh cheering on this terrible ratings performance yes the uh the the movie theater companies were thrilled to find out that the ratings were terrible because it signaled to them that without us nobody watches your movies um you know there was a big question of will will 2020 and the pandemic be the year that kills the movie theater and it, it damn near almost did. And it did kill some large theater companies, unfortunately. But this was a big sign to those, in, to those theater owners that without us, your movies aren't seen by as many people and your award shows aren't cared about anymore. Um, I was trying to find a quote here from it. Yeah, a big reason we watch award shows is to see if the art we loved was also loved by others and rewarded. But if you didn't watch it in the first place, then there's no emotional attachment for you to tune into the awards. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so that's we- got about one year to be disproven because uh, the theaters are going to open back up, you know. And if next year the the Oscar the the Academy Awards pulls like a seven point two or 6.8 million viewers or something like that. It'll be like, okay, well, it's not the theaters then. It's just, it's just whatever, you know, it, it, it's whatever else. Well, I mean, yeah. I think it's a fair point. I think it is a fair point that um, even even with access at home to a lot of these movies, which, you know, you could have watched Nomadland at any time between January and March, I think, at home on Hulu. Right. Um, right, yes. You could watch the, the best picture winner um, included with a Hulu subscription for <laughs> since February. Well, yeah, I think that it also winner, director winner and actress winner. So yeah. it proves that I mean, as much as people still don't necessarily love the theater experience, there is an experience at the theater that's being had, whether it's like people going on dates or parents trying to to get away from their kids or parents trying to get their kids into a quiet place for a couple of hours. You know, there are things that the movie theaters still provide that allow people to go see those movies where you still can't do that in the house. Um, and I think that for a lot of people, it's, I don't want to do anything too big, but I don't want to be in the house anymore. Let's go see a movie. Um, you know, when you have Marvel events, people like to go to those together in big groups. Um, you couldn't really do that for, for those superhero kind of movies. Um, and I think that those experiences still bring a lot of people together. And then, you know, movies that, just look better on a big screen. I think that people want the big explosions. They don't necessarily like it on their TV. They want to see that big explosion on that TV. Um, and, and those are the things that would bring people in. Yep. yep. So the Oscars producers should listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. This week we are talking about brand new movie, um, Mortal Kombat. This is the... Uh, First real like reboot of the Mortal 
combat film franchise. Um, we reviewed the original version, the 1995 version. Um, you can find that um, on our YouTube channel and our podcast feed in your favorite app. That's right. This is uh, kind of erasing all that and saying, let's try again. So Mortal <laughs> Kombat, it's true. Yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> um, this movie was directed by Simon McCoyd, who yes. this is his first movie. Hmm. This is his directorial uh, debut. It appears wow. he has done nothing else other than commercials. Mm -hmm. So we, I have nothing to add on him. <laughs> Written by Greg Russo, mostly. Yes, yes. Screenplay, screenplay by Greg Russo and Dave Callahan, who also did... Wow, he's done a handful of comic book related things. He did uh, Wonder Woman 1984 with Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns, of course. Zombieland Double Tap was a co-write of his. And he has also co-written the new Shang-Chi movie from Marvel. Wow. And the upcoming Spider-Verse sequel. Very popular guy right now. Very popular guy. Quite indeed. Quite indeed. So, much like the first... Mortal Kombat movie. This one doesn't have a lot of big name stars. It really doesn't have any big name stars. Um, no, not really. Not not at least not 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 like Hollywood A listers or anything. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't know no. any of these actors by name. I know one as being on the Supergirl TV show. Yeah, I know one by reputation. Who's that? Um, that would be Joe Taslim. Mm. He is a he's a he is, <laughs> he is a legendary uh, martial arts okay. actor in Japan. Japan. Uh, by this point, he was uh, his most famous movie is The Raid. Um, I'm not as up to date on martial arts films as I'd like to be, but The Raid uh, from 2010 is easily considered one of the best modern martial arts films. Um, so he is um, honestly is uh, maybe I'm overstepping here, but I think he is considered by many to be uh, one of, if not the best martial arts actors out there today, especially in uh, foreign in foreign markets. Um, he plays Sub-Zero here, um, which might be, based on what I've seen and what, I, and what I've been reading, might be the best casting choice they made for this whole thing because he, uh, he brings that level of authenticity because he's a great martial artist and really good uh, working in film. Yeah. So if you're familiar with Mortal Kombat, you, the game or the movie, you will be pretty familiar with the story here, or at least the basic premise. Um, for those who aren't, the movie centers around uh, Cole Young, mm -hmm. who is a brand new character. created Original here. character for the movie. <clears throat> um, who is basically pulled into this fight between two worlds. Um, Earth realm. And, yes, the Earth, the Earth realm and the... What is it? The outer realm? The outer world. Out, out yeah, world. That's what, yeah. Sorry. Um, who compete in this grand tournament called Mortal Kombat. If the out world wins a 10th tournament, they take control of Earth realm and um, they must gather Earth's mightiest heroes to mm -hmm. basically stop that from happening. So... Very similar premise to the 1995 film. Very, very. But it's going to be hard not to make comparisons between the two. Of course, yeah. it's the only thing really we have to compare to. I mean, you can look at Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but let, let's face but it, 
the 95 originals, what you're going to be comparing this to Marvel uh, annihilation will be compared to the inevitable sequel to this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's gather some first thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, who wants to go first on that one? Who, who wants to share their initial? Mm, I'm kind of scared to honestly. I, uh, I, 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 okay, okay. I've seen a lot of opinions already yeah. online. So there what I'm going to say is, I'm going to harken back to the one word, but I'm going to do more than one word okay. uh, thing that we used to do. And I'm just going to say this is cool enough. Uh, oh, cool with a K. <laughs> cool with a K. This is cool enough. Um, you know, and I think that I enjoyed myself. I was entertained. Mm-hmm. I think that's what uh, everyone should be looking for. Like I said, it's hard not to compare it to the original, but I think if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, I think there's things to like about both of those Mortal Kombat movies. And... Um, and there's probably, you know, like, I'm sure there's there's things that could have been a little better. There's things that could have been a lot worse. Um, that's my, but I, I, I was entertained. So I, I'd say it was, it, was, it was cool enough for me. Okay. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go next? Yeah, Goro. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Apologize for interrupting. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was pretty good. Oh, he froze on that. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, I sometimes that was... I genuinely can't tell if he froze or if that was all he had to say. That was, a, so, yeah, uh, I thought that was an epic pause he was making. Yeah, we'll just keep talking until he comes back. Um, or maybe I'll... I thought, there was, I thought there was a butt coming. Okay, well, yeah. Well, well, he said it was pretty good. So while he, <laughs> until Andrew comes back, I was just give my... Oh, no, he's back. Okay. Oh, he's back. He teleported. So, so the last thing... whatever else you might have said. My, my, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. That's fine. Just roll with it. Just go with it. The last thing we heard you say was you thought it was pretty good. Pick up from there and rock and roll. Okay. I thought it was pretty good. It was... Uh, it wasn't... I didn't find it predictable. I will say that. Like, I did not find this movie predictable. And I, I had a pretty good time watching this because I, I loved each and every backstory. I love the backstory of Scorpion. I, I love I love how that like got brought up. Um, I like that there is a multi dimensional history to it. Um, I thought the effects were actually really cool. So um, it was fun. It was fun. Um, I will say, <coughs> excuse me. I will say I didn't really care for the ending. But I kind of saw that coming as well because I'm like, it's it's more well. We'll get into that later, but that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so not very predictable. So pretty good for me. Yet him. you saw the ending coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, just gonna put a pin in that one. Um, fair fair enough. Then I will go uh, next. Um, I also thought it was <laughs> cool enough <laughs> to borrow from David. Um. I thought it was worlds better than the original one, which I still think is just the heaping his pile of shit I've seen in quite some time. Um, second one. Watch the second one. I, it's going to make that, no, it's gonna make that first one look like a masterpiece. Video game movie ever. This one was, was way better. It is... Uh, it, it brought back the aspects of Mortal Kombat that they didn't put in the original. Um the extreme violence and the fatalities, uh, those were welcome, I thought, and not overdone. Um, the handful, I don't know, the three or four true fatalities we got were pretty cool. 
I enjoyed watching those. Um, I thought the characters were much better this time around with a couple of exceptions. Um, well, mainly one exception. Um, and the story was good enough, although I don't think you really come to this for like a super strong story. So that is fine. Um, so I would say it is a, an improvement. There's still some things I think could be better about it. And, and um, I'm sure like everyone else, I have some, some uh, thoughts to add a little later about some things. Oh, we have lost. Oh, there he is. Internet's, so internet is uh, uh, busy today. Apparently. Um, so I don't think there was, I mean, if you listened to last week, I don't think there's any way that you thought I was going to hate this movie and you were right. I very much enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, it improved on what 95 did. Uh, you look back at the original Mortal Kombat game Mm -hmm. and you go, this caused a bunch of people to go up in arms over this. Mm -hmm. And then you look at it now and go, (laughs) and that's exactly what this movie did was it took what that first one did and it went okay, well, let's modernize it to 2021. And so then you go back and you watch that 95 one and you go, <laughs> no. Um, fatalities are there. It's bloody. It's gory. It's a huge fight scene with a story thrown together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that the reason that a lot of people may not enjoy some of the story is that they don't necessarily get that tournament aspect that they come for. But then at the, at the same time, if you go back to what we said last time is that Mortal Kombat is so big that if you just focus on the tournament, then you lose aspects of these characters. And I think this one builds towards that showdown type of uh, end of the world type situation. Um, It definitely does. You get a backstory for the characters. You get a build for what this is. This sets up a lot of the lore that was missing in those original ones. And so it's, it's high action. The story's probably not what most people think it's going to be, um, but it leaves it open for more to come in the second one. If there is a second one, which I certainly hope so. That's, and that's pretty much the, you know, that's the, standard these days you know in 1995 i don't there wasn't this idea of like creating franchises for you know the way that there is even even i mean like there were franchises back then there were sequels back then but today you know uh it's all about like how can we make you know how can we make a lot you know a lot of these how can we you know how we and we really work this franchise you know to the best of our abilities um, and make sure that we have a Mortal Kombat two and three, and the, you know those those are well liked. Um, I gotta say, I'm just gonna go right out and say something that I did not expect to say. Um, this movie is is Kano, to for me. Kano was the most entertaining character in the film, and I feel like by a wide margin. And uh, not to say that he's a likable guy, he's an a hole, but he is honestly the he like has the most personality of any of the characters presented. Everybody else is just kind of like stereotypical badass, which is, which is fine. But like Kano has so much humor and he genuinely made me laugh uh, multiple times. Um, Despite not really, I don't feel like he necessarily said anything that original at times, but it still made me laugh because everybody else is so, so serious. 
that him just being like, how about I shove your arms up your ass? I was saying, and he's like, you take that sombrero and we'll do more tassel. Like the whole thing was really just so much more energy. I mean, you talk about ta- a, 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 an actor, um, it's Lawson, but what's his first? Josh, first I think it's his first, first name. Josh Lawson taking an opportunity and running with it. I thought, I feel like he really nailed it. Um, I really, I, I like this version of Liu Kang. Um, pretty well um it's it's kind of funny because he's the main character in that original movie and i think the sequel too he's the main character and here he's kind of more reduced to like uh, the exposition guy um who who just kind of gives us all the information which isn't too bad he i mean his fights are great but i kind of i was you know when he showed up i was kind of like oh luke kang they're great you know he's he's one of the main guys this will be great because i didn't really know obviously nobody knows this coleman young character He's brand new. And I just wasn't feeling him as much as I, you know, in this, in terms of nostalgia feel for Luke Kang and those that original movie. Um, so it, it was, it was nice when he showed up. I really enjoyed him. Um, I thought Jax was fine. And I thought it was kind of funny um, watching the movie with my wife. So spoiler alerts, I think we're already into, but um, watch the movie with, with my wife. Sub zero fights Jax. That ends a certain way. Now, I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat guy. I've not really played very many of the games. I've watched the games we played every year when the trailers come out. I usually watch the trailers because they're usually crazy. Um, and, and so the, the Sub-Zero fights Jax, and spoiler alerts, arms get taken off, and he gets knocked down. My wife goes, oh, that's too bad. I was kind of starting, starting to like him. And I was like, well, he may come back. And she goes, how is he going to come back? <laughs> that his arm is frozen off. And I said, well... I don't really know a lot about Mortal Kombat, but I know there's a black guy with robot arms. <laughs> so be, I don't know what his name is, and I don't know his history, but that might be that guy. He has no arms, and he's black, so he might be the guy with robot arms. Um, I thought he was really good. He's the guy from Supergirl, right? Mm-hmm. I thought he was actually he's pretty solid in this as well. Um, I feel like everybody did, played their part as well as they can be played, but for me, the performance of the movie is Kano. Uh, it's Josh Lawson as Kano, so that's my that's my glowing review there. What'd you guys think the performances here? I think that's pretty fair. Um, Kano is a standout. Uh, I I don't want to repeat too much of what you said, but so I will go into one of my uh, nitpicks of the performances or characters. I so I don't I I know even less about Mortal Kombat than you, David. Um, so I think that that's where we are in the hierarchy. <laughs> um, I didn't know that the Cole character wasn't a character until afterward when I was reading about the movie. Um, and I don't, it, it doesn't matter that he's not new. I am, I am curious why they created a new character versus using one of the many established ones they already have. Mm-hmm. Especially when, <clears throat> uh, for me, I thought he was, as the main character, uh, unfortunately, like the least interesting character in the movie. He didn't, he didn't have a lot going for him in terms of um, me wanting to really root for him or push for him. Um, he had, again, spoilers, um, kind of like the lamest power, <laughs> um, which was kind of questionable at best as to what it is. Like he has Black Panther's armor, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know he has gold vibranium power. armor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I noticed this especially towards the um, 
I don't know, three fourths of the movie in when they paired off and started doing these fights. Like you and I will get him, you go get them. Um, and he went, Bo went with Liu Kang to go fight the guy that looks like someone from Fallout and the the girl whose mouth unhinges open, right? Oh yeah, I, ha- I had all those character names. And I noticed no, during, no, that, during that fight scene that Cole did very little fighting. He did almost nothing um, for a lot of that. And so I was just really trying to figure out why he was the main character. It was bothering He was really spent after that fight with Goro. Yes, yeah, yeah. possibly so. But he just, <laughs> cool? for a main character, he did the least amount of work in the movie and I was a little just confused by that. <laughs> Everyone else yeah. was pretty good, though. It wasn't I, like... I wish, uh, you know, I wish anyone else were the main character. Yeah. Uh, it would it'd be interesting if, like, their power... They, they kept talking about their powers, and it yeah. would be, like, interesting if their powers meant something deeper. And I don't know if that's just a, a, an aspect of the video game that's just kind of, like, the powers are just cool powers that, that right. people came and up like, with. What is... But, like, I don't know what the armor signifies as a power set, but nobody else's powers really seem to match that much. I don't... Jared, no. do you play Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Um, I don't play does it as Sonya hardcore. Blade shoot yeah, purple rings out of her arms. She does. She has. She has various uh, powers. And again, I don't. <clears throat> I like that they set it up in a way because yes, in the game, most even regular normal humans have some form of power that they use. Um, so I was glad they set that up. Again, I'm not as like deep hardcore into the game. I've played the games and I've played several of the stories. Um, but I, I mean, from those original ones up until like. 9, 10, 11, where we are now. I didn't really play a lot of those in the middle. So a lot of the story, as far as the game, I don't necessarily have. Um, but yeah, Sonya has stuff. Um, Kano has his laser eye. Um, Jax has the robot arm. So, but I don't, re- I don't know if they really connect because they all had them in that first game. Um, what, I, what I did like, and, and I tend to agree with, uh, I wish they would have handled Cole a little bit differently um because what they did with scorpion was give you the lore that was missing from the first one so scorpion is a big fan favorite and his Mm -hmm. story is uh accurate to what they portrayed in this movie yeah um they weren't just bad guys in general um there's a lot more to scorpion and you can there's actually uh, a cartoon on net on hbo max or um uh, Netflix, I can't remember, but it's like Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion, something or other, and it gets into the the background of Scorpion. Yeah, and I so that was really cool. this this takes off of that. What I wish instead of what I wish they would have done differently with Cole to give him a little bit more is rather than give him that that weird like tough tough skin with the things, mm-hmm. I wish that his power would have been using the spirit of his ancestor uh, to turn more into the, the scorpion that you see in the original movies. And so the whole, from, from what I remember of the scorpion lore is that he does die. All of this happens. He goes to what they call the nether realm and then is manipulated by Quan Chi and some other people to come back as like the Dean or he, he basically like kills everybody in hell for revenge and then becomes the nether realm champion uh, to go fight in the tournament. If they're not going to worry about nether realm and I don't know what they have planned for the future. Um, I wish that 
because you get glimpses of Cole seeing these things throughout the the movie of mm-hmm. Hanzo and and that. And I wish that once he found that power, it would have somehow morphed to where he would have seen that, learned more about it, and then is able to use the same kind of power that his ancestor had rather than have his own thing. Cause I think that would have given you a more a tie to an actual scorpion um, and, and put it on the good guys team. Um, I think that's something that they could have done. That would have been a little bit more interesting and connected rather than just kind of give him his own thing. Yeah. Personally. Cause I do agree. He was not my favorite of them. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in the in the next one? Um, and I think that they backed off of like Liu Kang and all of that because of everybody knows Liu Kang. Even if you don't really know much about Mortal Kombat, Liu Kang is somebody that you know. And maybe they were just wanting to go a different route, didn't want to show you the same story, um, give you some elements that are yeah. different. And who knows what they're going to do in the second one? But um, yeah, that's that's what I thought. Well, and, I, and I guess I get the idea of having a character who's more of an analog for the audience somebody who isn't initiated into the, into the, the mortal combat realm. But it just kind of feels like it feels like the people who are going to be really excited to see this movie don't need that analog. You know, they know the characters and they know the, and they know, so they'd rather just get right into it as opposed to having like this, you know, uh, lead up into it. Um, and for the casual fan, I feel like they, I feel like it's, it's not as complicated as needing to to to, to relate to someone like a like a Cole, especially when you have all these other characters showing up who are vastly more you know interesting. Um, even Jax and Sonya Blade, they're like really on top of it. They've been studying, you know, the lore of Mortal Kombat for 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 years now. I liked the allusions to Pat. Like, I mean, there are characters who are Mortal Kombat characters that you see in like cave painting, not cave paintings, but paintings on in the caves, you know. Um, and, you know, it's kind of funny. Like I would just like to see more of that. And, and a lot of people, like you said, Garrett are going to complain that like, we want to see the tournament and like in the last movie and the first movie, there is a lot of buildup. And then like, we talked about like the last 40 ish minutes are the, are the tournament here. They don't even necessarily get to the tournament. Um, apparently it's okay. Or apparently it's, it's a, not a very well, um, regulated tournament of, you know, death, death sport, because, people just killing each other before the tournament starts. So it's just kind of like a free for all. It's, it's so funny to think that like, there's and, been yeah, 10 and there are rules, but not, but they made clear that the gods don't care to enforce them. Except for no. Raiden, the protector of earth realm. And that's the one that's in danger. So sure he cares, but yeah, none of the other ones are even like, well, whatever. So like, <laughs> our fight, whatever like, happens, happens. It's like, I feel like we still, hopefully maybe the next one will actually get into this. Cause I guess technically earth wins this one because the bad, the outworld doesn't have anybody to represent them. Is that what I'm supposed to take away? Cause like, is there still a 10th battle coming? Right. And, and, and but does earth win by default now? That that part of the story does make it, it made it a bit confusing for me. And I've read some complaints from, from fans online who, um, Find, who also found it strange that they made a Mortal Kombat movie with no Mortal Kombat in it. Um, technically. Technically. Um, and so it does, the, the question of, they still have to prevent a 10th win, that, that mm. is still unanswered, which could be, you know, it could be the basis of the next one, but it, it, by not including yeah. it, it, was, it left a big opening. 
Yeah, but I mean, let's talk about the uh, so, uh, sort of the high part here, which is the fatalities. Let's talk about the the gore. Andrew, what was your favorite spurts. fatality? Probably when uh, when Kung Lao uh, when Kung Lao like cut that person in half. With the yeah, buddy. I just, yeah. I just remember that was exactly that. the one. I think cool I, one. yeah, I, I, leaned, I leaned over to you and I was just like, that was badass. We did do that. Like, I was, I was that was so that felt straight out of Mortal Kombat eleven or twelve. Like that mm-hmm. was holy s. Yes, I was flawless like victory. I, I, flawless um, victory. I, I will say that it's like they with this. This is the type of movie that if you are if if you are a fan of these video games, you need something like this, and that right there drives it home. Mm-hmm. And Can I'm like, deliver? when I saw when you know there there had been many instances throughout the entire movie where you saw blood, you saw a lot of blood, mm-hmm. but then you see that, and it's like. Yeah, yeah. Held, those signature moves didn't come out until like the big fight started. Yeah, yeah. But every once in a while, you'd hear like Kano wins. Yeah, like, that was funny. I, I thought I, I thought all the little references that they 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 peppered in. I thought those were I, they were usually worked for me. Yeah. Kano wins. I actually said, "Ha, that's like the game," and uh, flawless victory. Yeah. Uh, when Scorpion finally yelled, "Get over here!" which I waited the whole movie for. I mean. Yeah. David, you'll, you'll appreciate this since since you watched it at home. Um, the, the the theater audience audibly reacted to all of those moments. Yeah, um, they loved it. Um, and, and and again, as a as a not Mortal Kombat person, some of those I got, and some of those I was like, "Why are we? Why are we, <laughs> why are we cheering?" We cheering? <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. I'm not often in an environment where I don't understand the fandom, and and here I was not understanding. Some, some of them some of them could come off fairly innocuous. I could understand that, you know, because like you'd be like, when well, you just said flawless victory, is that a thing? Um, I mean, and I know that sure one. Enough. I, I knew that. But um, yeah, I, I I got I got nice little kicks out of those yeah. um, all, all when those they would. Fatalities, all those fatalities and all those one-liners um, really spoke to the opening night crowd. What about you, Garrett? Other than uh, other than uh, that chick. Who looks like she's? I, I there was. I she looked like this girl from a. Sh- I can't remember the name of the show, but like Gossip Girl or something. She looked like Gossip Girl with wings. Um, maybe I'm thinking mm-hmm. the wrong person. But uh, what did you? Th- what was your favorite uh, fatality moment in this? I think for me it was when. Uh, well, I mean, obviously Kung Lao was probably best, but yeah. Um, I also have always been a huge Jax fan, and so whenever he got a chance to shine. Uh, and smash that guy's head uh, just like he was clapping for a standing ovation. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's fun because, again, you do want to see the gruesomeness, as weird as it is to go into these movies. That's what you expect. And so um, when he, you know, you can anticipate, you know, you see him smash his head and they just kind of leave it to your imagination. A lot of times that's what they do, but they go full Ooh. in and they smash it and then it comes out and then you just see the, 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 everything is gone and missing. It's all, so it's all gooey. For me, that was a surprise because when you see something like that, it's like, okay, you're, you're going to, you're not going to get the full on 100% crazy. And then you did. And I was like, <laughs> there were many times whenever I was excitedly gasping, covering my mouth. Very happy. This is which this is makes me message. sound upsetting. 
This is Alan Hollywood right now. If you ever again make a Mortal Kombat movie or a Saw movie and you cut away from the gore, I will find you. <laughs> I expect gore in those movies. I have built myself up for it. I'm ready to be grossed out. Don't try to make it. A, don't don't try to cover. Save me. You can't save yeah. me. That's- yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, what what were you gonna say, Andrew? I feel like you were making a Goro joke. What about when Goro like got his fatality? You know that what Goro was. Uh, I mean, I liked when he got killed, but he wasn't as big bad as they tried to make him out to be. No, yeah. they, they they did a decent job of building him up, but like whenever he whenever he came out, I don't know. It, it's like something was missing. Yeah, well, Cole beat really him, and Cole's like brand new to this whole game. So yeah, he never yeah. got the upper hand either. It was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't get to see a lot of fun with Goro. Goro is a thing that can really do a lot of damage, and he really didn't. Um, which, whatever, I, I can I can live or die without it. Um, he's he's definitely a presence to be reckoned with mm-hmm. in the game. Um, but David, you, you watch some of the features and, and what I enjoyed about a lot of these is that they really tried to use as many practical effects as they could yeah, um, without CGI. Really. Obviously you can't, uh, have a four-armed human being play Goro cause that doesn't mm-hmm. exist. But what I did see in the brief clip that they had in some of the extras is that it's not Goro's not fully a CGI person. And in the fights they had a person on stilts and a person underneath. And it was actual, like they were in sync or tied together to where their arms would move. And you see the blue screen of the guy playing Cole fighting this four armed human on stilts and and standing. And, And I thought that was a really good aspect of, of they wanted to do a good job of bringing the realism of the fights and the martial arts along with the fantasy elements that you get yeah, in the game. And so that was a really impressive thing to see that they could have easily just made it fully CGI and not have to worry about it. Make, the fact make, that they and, took that time to make it look real and be a part of it was really uh, a dedication. I thought. Yeah. The fight between Cole and, and, and uh, Goro could be entirely CG, but you know, it's so much and, and, and VFX has gotten this so good over time where it's always better when the actor has something real to react to. And so they have like the real actor there fighting, you know, a, a person on stilts. It's not going to be the actual character as you see it in the movie, but something to really react to. And from a visual effects, oh gosh, the sunlight right in my, right <laughs> in my some, camera view. Yeah, Sorry. Abrams lens flares there. Um, <laughs> you know, for the, for the, for the visual effects artists to have like an actual physical reference to go off of really, I think helps make for uh, the best combo. Um, I was trying to think of a fatality that we haven't said yet, and I'm just gonna say that um, I'm I'm gonna reference um, the big bad, um, Shang, Shang Song, Shang Song, when he uh, when he gets Kung Lao and he sucks his soul out of his face. I thought that was pretty pretty gross looking. He was a Dementor. He was a Dementor the whole time. You know, I have a thing about debt about Dementors, and I, I I don't know if this is the place, the platform to get into it, but the the the, the Dementors have the wrong name, and I'm just gonna put that out there. And if you guys want to prod, we can prod on that later. But they're poorly named, the Dementors. We'll keep that in mind. If get into it someday. Um, get in that 
whenever we eventually get to Harry Potter, I want to get into that. The guy who played Scorpion, no, not Scorpion, the guy who played um, Raiden um, has been in a, a handful of other things too, but you guys are probably most recognize him from the Thor franchise where he plays Hogan, one of the Warriors three. <laughs> when I realized that, I was like, oh, that's why I, I felt like I recognized him the whole time, but I couldn't figure out exactly what it was. Anyway, uh, I, I, <laughs> what else do we want to talk about here real quick? I was going to say, I, I feel like one the most satisfying fatality, even if it wasn't the coolest, was when um, Sonia put that um, gnome hand <laughs> Kano's own loogie through his eye. Mm-hmm. Um, not the coolest, but probably the most satisfying. Um, that one felt definitely the, definitely the one that they built to the most. That was the one that had the most, the, you know, the, the, the antagonism between uh, Kano and Sonia Blade had the most story I, going on. I was wondering about that because I didn't know what she put through his eye. And you didn't know it was the gnome. Well, I saw the gnome. That's when he was asleep. That's when he fell asleep. He fell asleep through the gnome part and forgot that part. You saw him oh, spit a loogie at the gnome, that. right? Say what? You saw him spit a loogie at the gnome, right? I remember the gnome. I didn't. I. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. He was asleep. Uh, I he was goes, not asleep. Goes, I hate gnomes. Oh, no, no he fell asleep later. Hate right? Oh no, he's disgusting. Finally, I was gonna. This this is I feel like Sonia did not get justice in this movie because why is she the only one who we don't get to see discover her power? She yeah, just she shows, shows up. up I feel she like she's not. She deserves better than that. She had the rings. Yeah, but we didn't but see. We it. didn't see it. She just shows up with them. She doesn't like discover she has them. We got to. I guess she can't them. until she gets her mark, and she has to kill Kano to get her mark. Like uh, Cole got his. And like that rage should protect his family. Kano got his when he got mad enough. Um, was there was there another one? Jack's got his when he was trying to save Sonya. Mm. And Sonya just shows up and already has it. Like, come on. It is a it I is frustrating. One woman like that. And I'm gonna I'll piggyback off of that and then hopefully maybe answer a question that was left as far as the tournament itself. And so for me, the tournament will continue and that this was not it. So the whole premise, at least from my perspective of this movie, from what I picked up was Shang Tsung was like, we ain't going to wait until the tournament. We're coming after them now because I want earth realm. Right. So he brought in all his people to attack their champions because Mm -hmm. somehow he knows who the champions are. Mm -hmm. And so he brought them in to, to get them near the end. He said something along the lines of I'm always going to have champions. And so my assumption as to what they're going to do is that a lot of these here are just the, the initial, and then we're going to have more that are going to be on the side of Outworld because my, I assume that they're not going to worry about any of the other realms and it will be Earth Realm versus Outworld. And so any of the characters in Mortal Kombat that are demonic or monstery or evil can fight for Shang Tsung and he'll just recruit them mm-hmm. to be his champions in the tournament. And then, it, and then Raiden also at the end said that I have to recruit more champions. Thus you get the tease for who you get the tease for in the, mm-hmm. the upcoming second movie. So I yeah. don't think that the tournaments even begun. I think it will continue and that they will still have to fight the tournament because again, the other elder gods outside of Raiden don't seem to care about the rules being broken. So I have no reason to believe 
that the tournament would have been postponed or anything. It's just he didn't get the the leg up early, and now they have to battle in the actual tournament with yeah. updated champions is how I assume they're going to do it. And then if they knew they were going to do that, it's definitely frustrating. It would have been great to see more of Sonya and how she got her uh, powers and a little bit more of her story because she was definitely throughout the whole movie stuck on – <laughs> I I really want to know what's going on. She's the main person doing all of the research and the only one without a mark. And so that is why it's really unsatisfying that she just shows up with her powers because she worked really hard and throughout the whole movie was like, you're not a champion. You're not good enough. And then she finally gets it and then just shows up and you don't get anything out yeah, of it. So that was really definitely good. frustrating from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah, well, they were in the they were in rush mode by the end, man. You know, they, they, they came up with this idea of like, all right, these guys tried to t- tried to, to get us, let's all go jump them, you know. And that's what basically what they do is, and and this is kind of an interesting way to call to the Mortal Kombat premise is Raiden's just summoning these guys from wherever they are yeah. into new places to fight, you know. And so, like, there's there's like a race there's like a race against time that there's no, there's not really a time for like, it's not like, Oh, the tournament starts in 24 hours. So if you guys want to, you know, wreck these guys, you got to do it fast. But like that whole, the actual fights that we get this, like, you know, back and forth, like I get this guy, you get that guy fights. It's like a montage essentially that we just kind of like go, go through very quickly for the end of the movie. So it feels a little unsatisfying because it's like they're racing a clock that they don't, seem to have to race man this sun like keeps getting in my dead gum camera andrew what did you have to say that you pretended to be frozen about <laughs> no that's kind of where i that's kind of where i was like so the whole movie so the whole movie is a build-up of really to a second film that's that's kind of how i look at it is that how you feel yes that, that, that is kind of how i feel and the thing is, is that like that, like I knew that it was getting a little predictable because I knew that all of this buildup was getting long, and mm-hmm. and like that's where I felt like that's where I felt like well we're pro- well we're actually not going to see the actual tournament itself, which is fine for what we got. I mean, I'm happy with what we got. If that is yeah. a precursor for things to come, then. All right then, then I hope there is a second one, and I hope it's better than the first. And Garrett, can I ask what other than Johnny Cage, who we 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 got a tease of, who are you wanting to see in a Mortal Kombat two? Oh man, you know honestly, my favorites have are have always been some of the original ones. Um, uh, Johnny Cage, obviously, is one that I'm very excited about. Um, Jax was there, and that's what I didn't like about the first one is, again, I've always loved Jax, and so they have him in there. Um, I like a lot of the the cyborg-y people that they have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Cabal was in this one, which was nice. They have Striker and Smoke and, and a bunch of other ones that, that, that you can throw in there as well. Um, Reptile was also in this one, and he was in the again. first one as well. I was shocked he was in the he was in the first one and then he's back here. Imagine how that what a glow up he had yeah. comparatively. You know, like there's a lot of characters that came that, that, that they stuck around. That little weird ugly CG lizard they made in 1995 with Twine, you know, that they yeah. had for VFX back then. 
and he's like a full-on crazy lizard in this thing. Yep. Wow. I think the only thing that I would like to see is my all-time favorite character in the game is Raiden. And you never have had a chance to really see what Raiden can do because he Mm -hmm. fights. And I would really love to see Raiden fight in some way, shape, or form. Um, That's really the one thing that we haven't ever gotten. Uh, I mean, you kind of get it in Annihilation, but is bad like everything else from that movie. So to see a really good Raiden showdown would be wonderful for me. I agree. I would like to see Raiden a lot. I, I'd like, I like to see Raiden most of all. I'll be honest with you. I don't really care for Johnny Cage. Really? He's like one of the most popular characters in the game. I don't really like him. The game's a, the only casting, like if you don't cast Joel McHale to be Johnny Cage in this Joel movie, McHale. You're, 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 you're so out of your, I mean, listen, Joel McHale's a recognizable <laughs> name. One step above, in my opinion, McCod Brooks, who plays Jax. I think most people would go, I know Joe McHale, but they would go, I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm- he is an arrogant, buff, Hollywood jerk. And that is Johnny Cage to a T. <laughs> and he plays Johnny Cage in the cartoon version of the Mortal Kombat Legends about Scorpion that I talked about earlier. So he's already done it. Just put him in the thing. It's perfect. Let me cast him. I'll do it. Like- See, now I'm shocked because the obvious choice, and here's what I, I will agree, that we need to go unobvious. I would thought the obvious choice is like Ryan Reynolds. Mm. So you're looking for, I think, someone who's a, who's a Ryan Reynolds type. And Joel McHale could fit that role easily. He's, that, he's that, B-list that. Ryan Reynolds. And I yeah. love Joel McHale. That's not an insult. He's just so not on Ryan's Reynolds level. I'm trying to think of somebody in that same vein as a Ryan Reynolds, but maybe not Ryan Reynolds, because I feel like that's a really obvious choice. Sure. And people would be taken out of it by being Ryan Reynolds. He's too famous. Again, what I like about this is that they don't have like those standout blockbuster stars. Yeah. Keep it, sm- keep it small. Trying to think of someone who would work. Oh, well. Well, uh, I want to see, uh, in, in, in related to Ryan Reynolds' news, I want to see Baraka get, mm. his, uh, get his due. People made fun of Deadpool because at the end of that, or made fun of X-Men Origins Wolverine because they turned what Deadpool basically into Baraka. He's like a big, ugly guy with a messed up mouth and swords for arms. So I want to see, uh, see Baraka show up. I know he's kind of a later era, maybe. Um, um, oh, I'm sorry. He showed up first in Mortal Kombat 2. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? Give me give me Baraka. As far as, like, the weird uh, creature ones go, he's, like, the one that I know really well. Um, I don't guess we're going to get, like, um, Nightwolf because they showed him on a, on a mural. Yeah. Um, but I always liked playing. I, the f- few times that I've ever actually gotten to play Mortal Kombat stuff and, and got killed at, I liked picking <laughs> Nightwolf because he's just different. It, if there's one I can say that I thought was terrifying, like whenever I was whenever I was growing up and in, in in Mortal Kombat was Motero. Motero. Yeah, Motero. He was in Annihilation. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. I I, I thought the character of Motero was I think even scarier. Oh, yeah, more. yeah. Okay. Because like Motero has like he's got the body like the torso. The torso of a man. He's got goat horns coming out of his head, and the rest of his body is like, uh, 
like a he's a centaur. Like a yeah, yeah. yeah there you essentially. Go. Like a bull, like here. With a giant whip tail. He was played by Malibu, the American gladiator in the in, in Annihilation. Ew. That's fantastic. Did you guys watch American Gladiators? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Malibu specifically. They all had names like that. Laser. Laser. Gyro. Phaser. Like they all had names like cool stuff like that. I don't know anything you guys are saying, so I will just hope that in the next one they include Batman. <laughs> hey, yeah, don't they have Mortal Kombat versus the DC? Universe? They do have a Mortal Kombat versus DC, and I would love oh, it. Man. Flashpoint is going to be. World, gonna, uh, so I, I choose Batman. Watch out! You're going to see you're going to see Johnny Cage in the Flash movie. Oh, and I also I Batman. thought of a. This wouldn't work anymore because of the fame this person has now gained. But I think the perfect Johnny Cage is um, Chris Evans from Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah! Oh, Chris Evans would be great. Would be great. Uh, and honestly, I could see him doing something like that just because he think it would be fun. I mean, he basically is Johnny Cage and Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't be, it would be like the anti-Captain America. <laughs> and he's so good at that. Like people, I remember people after Knives Out were like, well, uh, Chris Evans is like really good at being a dick. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's, it tells, this tells me the only Captain, the only Chris Evans movies you've seen are the Captain America movies. His whole career is playing a dick, yeah, except for Captain that. America. Right. That's that's his that's his that's his bread and butter. Yeah. Um, okay. I, 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 is there anything anything else we want to highlight? My my final note because yeah, this is this is this is going long now. Is we'll see if everyone else how everyone else felt about it. I if this was like you know the Olympics and I'm holding up a card. I give them a six out of 10 for almost dropping the ball on how they used the Mortal Kombat theme song. Mm. Um, it was not used enough. And when it was used, it was a poorer instrumental version just to signify the arrival of Scorpion. And what then it, it didn't kick into high gear until the credits. And that yeah. is. Another. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Te- is it techno syndrome? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, I agree a hundred percent. They missed a golden opportunity after that uh, initial scene with uh, Hanzo and Scorpion, and then it cuts to the credits, and then bam, you hit me with that Mortal Kombat thing right there, and I'm Everybody's hyped into it. and in it. And they did not do that, and that was a huge mistake. That theme should have been playing while they fought. We all would have been dancing Andrew, you know? It would have yeah. been hype city, <laughs> and instead I, was, of that, I, this I almost... My, if I hadn't, I, I actually liked a lot of it. My, my review was almost, um, if you want to watch this movie, skip to one hour and 39 minutes and you will get to hear the best part of the movie, which is when you finally get to hear Techno Syndrome. And if you really want to get to the best part, skip to a one hour, 39, 50, because that's when they go Mortal Kombat. Um, but I actually liked a lot of it before that. So I didn't, I didn't go with that joke. Fair enough. That was my final note. Can we play it? Do we have the rights to play Techno Cinder? We can play it during one of our, our trailers. Maybe during a trailer. <laughs> we can surely that surely that song's on TikTok. Just put one of our things to that. Maybe you can just do it for like ten seconds or so. Yeah, we'll just all dance for ten seconds. You put it on TikTok. Yeah, we will accept that usually. <laughs> um, anyway, all right, all right. Move on next. Um, you, I, I think you probably have opening night numbers, don't you? Yes, I have opening day numbers. So there's not a lot to say here. No, no. no. Uh, it opened. Opening so we're what we're 
this is fresh. This is one of the this is one of the times where we do a really fresh movie. It just opened last night. I watched it at home on HBO Max. You guys all in the theater. Uh, and uh, despite its home release, the film still uh, had a nine million dollar opening day, which uh, was good enough to finish number two for Friday behind. I think. Uh, well, that's interesting. I've not heard of this movie. It's called Demon Slayer: The Movie. The anime movie, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's your that's your real stats. I mean, for uh, that's about what their estimate though was for opening day. So I think we got a good chance at like a twenty to twenty five million dollar opening weekend, which is nothing too nothing too shabby as we're still making our way out of the pandemic. Um, you know, top movie of the year is officially um. Kong Godzilla versus Kong now there's no uh there's like basically nothing's even close now yeah um more so combat will probably be second I don't maybe I don't know I'm I'm question I hope this movie makes good amount of money because I really want a second one <laughs> yeah let me double check that real quick because yeah Godzilla versus Kong is up to um over almost a hundred million dollars despite the pandemic it's at 83 million domestic um, which is really good. Tom and Jerry still in number two, Ryan, the last dragon, number three. Um, so opening at 9 million puts mortal Kombat in the nine spot. So, um, there's a chance for it to at least make it into that top five and stay there for a little while, at least until the theaters, uh, get back to like 4,000 theaters open. So there you go. Um, and then, uh, uh, anybody want, anybody have any other comments about the box office stats? Not really. It's good to see, big numbers again um is you know considering i i had seen um on twitter this morning that that makes mortal Kombat the third biggest opening day of the pandemic behind godzilla and this demon slayer movie so that's pretty Mm -hmm. good it is it is and um you know i don't know if uh, this will have too much of an impact on like hbo max's number they added apparently um just under 3 million between january and march or mid january and april so we'll see if quarter 2 goes as well for them um in terms of their growth there but um all right let's move on to the letterbox game um one of our favorite things to do here and uh, i won last week i won the original mortal combat um you know uh, it was a fatality against all of you um so here we are. We're on letterbox.com is our favorite site. You can find us there. So many sequels or our individual accounts as well. And uh, so far we have 23,000 ratings for Mortal Kombat 2021 combat with a K. What do you guys think the aggregate is the average score? I'm going to go with a 3.2. 3.2 guess from Garrett. Yeah. What was the first one, the original? Anyone remember? Oh, hang on. I'll pull it up here. I believe it was a 2.7. 2. Yeah. Hang on. Is that right? I think it was something like that. It was 2. Point something. Mortal Kombat. I'm going to guess a 3.0 then. A 3.0 is what Josh is guessing. So 3.2 from Garrett, 3.0 from Josh. Andrew, are you going to go high or are you going to go under him? 
The original Mortal Kombat was 2.6. So I will say that this is better quality. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this I, I, I didn't thoroughly enjoy Well, anyway. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with three and a half. Three, three and a half. Three. So three point two from Garrett, 3.0 from Josh, 3.5 from Andrew. Those are your guesses for the letterbox game. Anybody want to change? I didn't think so. So the winner this week, no ties. The winner this week is Josh. And I think you're going to be surprised when you hear that the rating is a 2.7 so far. Wow. Only 2.7. Only a point higher than the 1995 original. I mean, that number could sink more, or maybe it could go up. Again, this is just the day after release, so maybe at the end of the year we'll have to reanalyze how our films actually performed. But as of today, a 2.7 for Mortal Kombat. Uh, I'm going to read some reviews that we have here. Josh has already got a review in. Um, And, you know, um, Garrett, I think you're unique in this. You're a big fan. Yeah, I've been reading a few of these letters since I knew since I knew that I had the game today. I re- read a few of these scores ahead of time. A lot of fans not liking it, and that's kind of surprising to me. A lot of people like there's this guy for IndieWire here who's got the top comment that's a uh, one and a half stars, and it, it, he he lays out how what he how he feels. I don't really agree with him on most of it, but he lays it out there pretty pretty easy. I'm trying to find like kind of a pithy quick one that I can read here because I don't want to read one of these. Long- I did read while you look for that. I did see a lot of fans claim that it is worse than the original and that's just no it's i think that i think that people are like me where you know we're going to get into our own personal ratings here in a minute and the the way that i rated the 1995 movie is a completely different thought process than i rate this movie so while the scores are are going to be very similar it's a completely different thought process of it's a lot of nostalgia. I hold it true to my heart because that's what I grew up with and that's what I watched. But there is no question that that is not a well-structured movie. Yeah. And from a movie quality standpoint, this one's much better. But I understand that fans, you know, fandoms tend to ruin things, in my opinion, if you're oh, too yeah, hardcore. Yeah. And I th- I'm not surprised that if they're not getting what they expected they would not like it if they really like that first one yeah um no and I, I don't agree with it again as a fan i don't agree with that thought process but i understand it 100 percent. I, I i say this all the time it angers people all the time but there are certain movies that are nostalgia movies that you like because you watched them when you were seven or you were 10 or you whatever the age was there are films and people don't like to hear this space jam the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movies. Those are nostalgia films. They are objectively bad. If you were a 35-year-old who went to see the Power Rangers movie in 1995, you went out and going, man, kids are dumb. But we <laughs> love the crap out of those movies because they, they, they were special. They were the right time at our age. They hit everything we imagined. And so we go back and we watch and we might say, you know, this doesn't really hold up as well, but I still really love it. There are some movies that you feel the same way about. And then you go back and you go, wow, these hold up like great. You know, like the original toy story holds up. Great. Mortal Kombat doesn't hold up that great. That doesn't mean you can't love it because it still brings you, it takes you back to that simpler time. So I don't really, I I, I don't like people who act like 
this movie somehow owes something to the, like, I don't, the people who still say that the original Mortal Kombat is the best video game movie ever. Like, I kind of feel like that's just what they want to believe whether or not it's actually true or not. Yep. Um, anyway, here's a great review. Two stars. It just says, finish me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to find what's the, I'm trying to get one more pithy review in here. Uh, my review will say gore question mark. Oh, gore galore. Cause like Goro get it. No. Yes. It's okay. Here we go. Four stars. Cheesy lines. Check. Blood. Check. Fatalities. Check. Bad Raiden. Check. Bad story. <laughs> check. I love it. That's the whole review. There you go. Uh, what did we think, guys? I'll, I'll lead off. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I need a three and a half because I quite I was quite entertained. Giving it a half a star and a half for Kano alone made me laugh when my baby was trying to make me feed him a bottle <laughs> i'm gonna give it a three in a perfect world i would be allowed to do 2.75 on letterbox <laughs> because i think that's where my heart truly lies but i don't want to see two and a half i don't and and three just feels the fairest yeah i would also perfect give middle three. three from andrew as well and uh, Garrett, let's hear this five-star review real quick. Not wanna, five. I'm going to give it, I will equally give it a four, uh, mm-hmm. as I gave the one last week. On Again, a completely different scale. The four stars that I gave for the 95 one is based on pure nostalgia, just like you and I talked about, David. This one is based on my entertainment. Again, as a fan, I very much enjoyed it. It gave me the brutality that I missed. Um, it hit on a lot of things that we talked about. And while I understand how, People might feel a little underwhelmed with the story they got. I hope that they are thinking towards the future. One of the reviews that I read of the 95 one was, I love that they killed off the two major villains without any thinking of the future. And I think that they have more in line. And so it's a four stars from me with hope that they will pick up as far as like story elements that may have been messed or left left out of this one picked up in the second one. So it's a four from me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this movie will probably get a sequel and I look forward to it. I, I think it'll be, I think they'll do, they'll improve based on this. I don't think this is a bad start. This is as good to me as that 2014 Godzilla, yeah. you know, but this one actually has more entertaining, more entertainment value. So. Well, that makes our collective score a three and a half when rounded up. So that's where it is. Probably fine. Uh, that's, a, that's a little bit better than jo- uh, no, okay, I'm fine with that. Higher than Letterboxd as it stands now, but mm-hmm. if it's being Time will tell. by angry fans, that's how it's going to be. All right. Maybe, well, that's it for us this week, I guess, right? What'd you say, Andrew? I said maybe HBO will pick it up and give it a Snyder Cut. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> it's not normal. Well, this will be, what's his name? A McCoy cut. <laughs> <laughs> good movies at the beginning <laughs> no i'm done with all the release i don't want any more cuts i don't need to, i don't need any more release anything i feel like that was a special circumstance where a man had to leave a movie and it was picked yeah. up and he came back like it was a very special circumstance i don't want that to become normal <laughs> let's not make that let's not normalize that as the kids say exactly as the youth would say yeah um all right well that uh wraps up our discussion of mortal Kombat. You can find it exactly. You can find it online on HBO Max. Um, 
I think I think they're up for about a month after it's released. So depending on when you watch or listen to this, it may or may not still be there. Otherwise, check it out in theaters or just wait for it to come back to HBO Max as it will someday. Uh, other than that, find us online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and Letterboxd. Subscribe to the show on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting app. We're on mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we will be back um, very soon with another fun movie discussion, I hope. Yeah.